from the desk below. desk blow i have with me one half of the dynamic duo uh baltimore maryland been making some moves lately right now shout out to my guy norm regular and you'll never know uh so it's only right that i have uh one half of third platoon uh we'll get into why there's only one half here lily but i have raf almighty yes you do you have raf almighty what's going on peoples well, how you doing today ken happy 2020 Man, happy 2020, bro. I'm just enjoying my Monday, man. Just, you know, life, life is good right now. Okay. So I was just uh, curious, Raph Almighty. Uh, I understand that you and your brother started the group in the, in the late 90s. You're right. You're correct. Okay. Now, are you, um, I'm pretty sure you guys get asked this a lot. Are you guys actually blood, blood brothers? Yo, that's actually my little brother, man. I got him uh, by maybe like two and a half years. Oh, wow. Okay. That's rare that you know you got two brothers, you know what I'm saying, that's come from the same mother, same father, that's interested in the same thing and do it at an elite status. So, you know, we, we understand that we're a rare breed right now. Man, yeah, especially, too, like, being, like, family, too, and actually, like, sounding like you guys are partners other than brothers, but, like, you guys obviously live together, too, so you guys got to experience hip-hop the same way. Absolutely. Okay. Now, name Dirtball Tune. Oh, I love it right there, too. Um, did you, you and your brother always go by Ralph Almighty and Snook the Crook? We absolutely, yes, we did. You know what I'm saying? Um, me and my older brother, whose name is Dragon Mag, rest in peace, we came up with the name Dirtball Tune in like 94, 95. And um, I've always been Ralph Almighty and Snook always been Snook the Crook. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just been given names. Okay. Now, I understand, too, that you guys been at, like I said, in the late 90s, too. Um, I was just curious, too, on the very first demo. Now, I wanted to say demo because back then, people had to provide a demo back then. Absolutely. Um, do you still have a little bit of your old demos, or you guys, like, jumped right into we actually, album mode? We actually, have every, we actually have almost every song we ever created. Okay. So if the fans ever want to, like, get at that, that's going to be something, like, gold. I don't know when we're going to bring that shit out. We may bring that shit out in another 10 years or something. Okay. Yeah, just to give it, like, more of, like, of a replay value, too, because obviously you guys want to accomplish more within your career. Absolutely. Okay. Now, um, who inspired you, too, to rap, too? Because, like, the name Dirt Platoon, I can only imagine, like, somebody like, like a Duck Down or, like, an MOP inspired you guys. Yeah, them too, you know what I'm saying? Um, in my early days, you know, I used to listen to Above the Law. I liked a lot of West Coast music. We liked a lot of West Coast music in the house, MC8, you know, all that gangster shit. Um, Koozie Rat, 
fucking yeah, definitely duck down. Redman is one of my favorite MCs. You know the Wu Tang Clan. Um, fuck, like a little bit of everything. DMX, Onyx, you know, Tribe Called Quest, um, Smooth the Hustler, Royal Flush, uh, Noriega, the whole component Noriega, Tragedy Gaddafi, like damn near the whole Queensbridge. Like me and my brother, like the whole, you know, the aura, the rawness, the essence of hip hop. So anybody that was creating that as we was coming up, that's what we fuck with. Wow, I like how you said like uh, names like MC8 too. Like those names barely get brought up in conversations nowadays too. And that's confidence most water right there for your people who are slow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a lot of people forgot that the West Coast at one point in time had the whole world listening to them. So I mean, we I, I go all the way back. You know what I'm saying? The RBX and oh, wow. Um, you know what I'm saying? Rage. The Lady of Rage. You know, I fucked with the first whole Snoop, the whole Doug Pound. Um, fucking MC Ren. You know, Scarface. The whole fucking Ghetto Boys. Oh, like Cam. Uh, yeah, uh, fucking, like, just everybody. Anybody that was providing that funk, you know what I'm saying? We always fuck with. We, You know, we come from Baltimore, so um, we needed some shit to listen to to escape where we come from. You know what I'm saying? Where we come from, there's not a lot of shit here. There's not a lot of things to do. So, you know, music was kind of like our escapism. Okay. Now, um, I just have to ask this question, too, because just as a general fan, too, when you're doing interviews, how much time do people bring up the wire when you tell them you're from Baltimore? I want to ask more questions about that, though, but I'm just curious. Uh, like, almost all, the, almost all the time, but, I mean, that seems like that's the only thing that somebody can, they ask that because that's the only thing that they've seen and that's yeah. the only thing that they know about my city. So, um, I, we don't mind asking that question because we actually come from the wire. So, just living through that and seeing it on TV was an honor and a blessing that, you know, finally we do get a spotlight on our city. So, if they ask us that question, we appreciate it. Okay. Yeah, because, like, a lot of people, like, they like to, like, take pride in the home city, too. But, like, I heard, like, that show was so raw. Like, they had to, like, alter it for TV. Yeah, I mean, but you gotta you gotta think of it. It's, it's no different than any urban community in America. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it was just, like I say, it's an honor that we used to travel around and we say we're from Baltimore. People used to say, where is that? So, you know, just for that, that, that light getting shined on our city, that when we do go places or we are doing interviews or, you know, people do find out where we're from, that they ask us that because of that, um, I, I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. No, yeah, no worries, my guy. Like I said, but I also know Baltimore, too, for its hip-hop, too, like a, like a kid loafs back then, too. Oh, God. Like, that's what actually made me put on to, like, Baltimore music. I'm like, yo, there's talent in Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, Baltimore always had, had hip-hop, you know what I'm saying? We had a big culture of hip-hop. We still got a culture of hip-hop. You know, it's just underground right now because you know how, how music transitioned. So right now, a lot of people just try to do it the independent route, and it's underground. So, you know, we never we never lost our, um, as I say, our scene. But, you know, just like in every other city right now, you know, we got people listening to the quote-unquote what's popular music right now. So, um... Yeah, we definitely got talent here, bro. You just got to dig, dig in the crates, and you'll definitely find some hip-hop coming out of Baltimore. I'll tell you what, though, I, uh, one of the gems I found out in Baltimore was a J-Royale, the Ivory Stoop. Yeah, yeah, that's family, J-Royale. Yeah, we've been fucking around with homies since, like, the early 2000s. He's really, like, a friend of ours, so I'm proud of him, too, right now that he's getting recognition, too. Oh, and you guys actually got to see, like, the growth of each other as well, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anybody that's kind of doing something and be more that got something to do with hip hop, they definitely fuck with us or we know them or, you know, we, it's not a big city. 
you know, we kind of like rather small city, so the scene ain't that big. So, you know, we got to rub elbows and, you know, touch shoulders in order to get where we got to go out here. So we definitely know you if you're doing something here. Okay. Now, I was curious on, like, how you and your brother came up with the name Dirt Platoon. Uh, well, Dirt Platoon came up uh, just me and my big bro drinking 40s, smoking blunts, um, just trying to come up with a name that was different, something that we knew was stand the test of time, and just something that was funky. That, that was a word we always liked to use, funky. So at first we tried, uh, I think it was like down and dirty. Then we was like, nah. <laughs> uh, um, then the name Dirt Platoon just came about. You know what I'm saying? Because we figured like, long as we keep it dirty and official, and you'll see two or three men, a Dirt Platoon actually is a squad. So when they hear the name Dirt Platoon, they might think like 10, 20 motherfuckers coming to the stage, but it's actually just me and my brother. And the energy that we bring, it looked like 10, 20 motherfuckers was on the stage with us. And Dirt Platoon just stuck. And since 95, here you have it. And it stands the test of time. Hip hop was real glossy and flossy and shit at one point in time. And then you would say our name. Niggas be like, damn, that's hard. If we can get a whole lady to say she liked the name and then we get a little kid to say that's hard, we knew we had a good name. Oh, yeah, too. And especially, too, like keeping it since 95. Like, we're in the year 2020 now. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, speaking of 2020, you guys wasted no time uh, releasing Get Your Hands Dirty on top of the year on uh, July 3rd. Yeah, absolutely. We, we actually knew that nobody was releasing an album at that time. We knew we had 10 bangers on our hand, and we figured if we drop it, it'll be like Iran getting bombed by America right now. <laughs> you know? so that's what we did, and what, what is the date? The date is, what, the 21st or something like that, and they still talking about it, so... Yeah, they, they told us that we dropped a classic at the top of the year, and we appreciate that. That's what I always tell people, too. Like, music has replay, replay value after the week it's released, because a lot of people don't listen to that for the week it's released, and then move on to the next artist. And it's like, don't you guys go back and listen to it? Yeah, see, see, that's what happened. That's what we figured would happen. We like, look, check this out. If we can get, like, five to six good days off of this, then everything is good. But once it got to, like, day 10... And motherfuckers still was hitting us, and we still was doing interviews, and they were still posting, and we seen the streams going up. It was a, it was amazing, you know what I'm saying? Because we do it ourselves. There's no label backing us. It's all self finance. So you know what we put in is what we get out of it. So we appreciate everybody. Man, I was gonna say too, like uh, this is like a question, like just from a general fan, uh, standpoint too. Uh, past guests of the show, you guys had a. Uh, OC on the album too like how hard was it to like hold that record for this album what you mean how hard was it to hold what like like how hard was it to like hold on to the record instead of like releasing it like the day y'all completed it we, we got a strategy with everything we do like you said that's my brother we brothers so we got a strategy and we knew how we wanted to play it but we knew that was the first song that we wanted the fans to hear off of this so we just um sat back made sure that we made the good music made sure it was mixed and mastered right and um just waited till it was the right time so i think we dropped that right before christmas and then right after that we came right with it out so so there's like the appetizer before the album absolutely because we need yo to me back in the day oc and nas illmatic album was like my two favorites when i was coming up Yes. You know what I mean? So so if I couldn't get Nas on an album, I definitely, if I can get OC on an album, then I reached one of my pinnacles of, of my career. 
So um, that was a great thing. Actually, how we hooked up with OC is he dropped the album and he mentioned us in a song. And he, he reached out to us and told us that he mentioned us in a song, what he said, he respected the music. And we was like, yo, we, we, we gave him his honors and just asked him, can we do something? And he said, yeah. And he blessed us with that. So you have Black Sharpies. Don't forget your hands dirty. is out right now. And see, that must be like, gave you guys like a lot of motivation hearing somebody that, that you grew up on actually mention you, your, you and your brother in a song too and be acknowledged like that. Anytime, anytime one of my favorites tell me that they respect my music, um, I, I receive it in honors because that's what we do it for. We grew up listening to them, and if we can still hold the torch for what they do right now, what they did right now, and then and tell us that, then that's an honor in itself. Yes, sir. Um, now, now, because I've never been to Baltimore too, so when I see like the cover, I see Domino Sugars on the on the cover. What is that building? That building is like, it's a sugar. I don't know how far Domino Sugar get across the United States, but it's a sugar that we come, you know, you mix it in your Kool-Aid, you put it in your coffee, your tea. And the reason why we use that is because if you go down to our harbor, it's a fixture in the city. You can't go down South Baltimore or the harbor without seeing that. And being that we're dirt platoon and we're self-financed, we do it ourselves, we record it ourselves, we package it ourselves, we send it out ourselves, we do it exactly like Domino Sugar did. They make it themselves, they bag it themselves, and they ship it out themselves. And they from Baltimore. So that was the representation of the album. Uh, see, this is why I love when artists do interviews too, because it gives you more appreciation for the art too. Because, like, from the general, uh, from the general fan, when they see the cover and if they're not familiar with Baltimore, they're like, "What is what this?" Is yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole thing. We wanted to add it like a, like a coffee table piece, like something that you'll talk about. Um, some people say like when you you know coffee at your work what is this what what is that picture we we add art too you know what i'm saying not only are we we music lovers we like art we like food you know what i'm saying we like beautiful things so if we can give you something to make you say hmm you understand that makes you want to listen to it oh yeah that's, that's big fact right there because i'm all about cover art too and then it makes you want to be like what is this like why would they want to make this album cover and then when you actually listen to the project too it's like Ten tracks? I didn't expect that much fire from those ten tracks. I was like, whoo. Um, when you started off on Peace of War, I noticed that you guys have Fel Swettenberg featured on the first three tracks. Now, is that family, or is that somebody you guys have been working with for a while? Yeah, Fel Swettenberg is family. We actually met him through family in 2001. He's, he's from Camden, New Jersey. And when we first met him, me, Fel, and Snook just kind of sat around and, and rapped and threw freestyles for like five hours so after that we knew we had to work with him and we've been just every time we drop an album we gotta fuck with Fel Sweetenberg and he kinda kinda molded that dirt between sound so what you hear is actually what we we do so we said fuck that Fel we tired of just having a beat from you never really putting you to the forefront like us this go around we adding you as dirt between you're coming on you're going to rhyme you're going to throw us the beat and everybody gonna see what we really do and um, that's what we wanted to give y'all this time. Okay, so that's like the ex extended fam right there for you guys. It's absolutely extended fam. Now, I like how you guys said too, like you're, you guys put him more in the forefront too. Like, would you guys ever consider him and like adding a third, like Phil Swainberg to the group too? Yeah, that was this was the whole thing. We wanted to see what the fans thought about it. Because we know he a dope MC. He got 
got a lot of fans all around the world, but we hear them all the time. And yeah. we bang towards beats all the time. So it's like, fuck that. You know, this go round, you are the third member. You know, so he, I think Phil, I think Phil maybe did, he produced maybe like six joints on there. Wow. We got a beat, we got a beat from um, Nate Palm. He did Do Work featuring Guilty Simpson. And the rest is produced by Deep Star. Oh, see, I like how you said, like, he produced some tracks, too. He's like your guys' East Swift to your alcoholics. Absolutely. He's out East Swift. He's out to, to uh, who else? Who else? He's out DJ Premier. You know, he's he's out High Tech. You know, he's out Diamond D. He's out Showbiz. Yes, you get what I'm saying? You're Havoc. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? If you actually want to hear like a Dirt Platoon song with a Dirt Platoon original sound, that would be a Fell Sweetenberg beat. That, you said you've been working with him since 2001. Wow, that, that chemistry still never died to this day. Yeah, yeah. He worked with many groups and, and, you know, throughout the way. We worked with many other producers throughout the way. But every time we're putting together a Dirt Platoon album, and we working on it ourselves, then yeah, we're going to get a false Sweetenberg beat or two. Because when they say that uh, when you've been friends with somebody for so long, like it's kind of hard to pinpoint that exact time when you met them. Can you remember that exact time you and your brother actually met Fel Sweetenberg? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it was like 2001. Um, I was down on Barna Road, Northwest Baltimore, hanging out smoking blunts like I usually do, Young Rav. And my man brought his home, his cousin is actually his cousin. And he was like, yo, I want you to meet Rav. Rav, I want you to meet Fel. And he hooked, this was way back in the day, so we used to have boom boxes. And he had an ingenious way to hook his MPC to the boom box so that he can make beats and play his beats through the MPC through the boom box speakers. And he played beats for five hours, not none of the same beats. All that he just putting in and playing fresh beats for five hours, and me and him throwing rhymes verse to verse. Then I called Snook, Snook come down and we throwing verse to verse for five hours, man. And then I, we just fell in love with each other's style from since then. Wow, and it's like to say like five like five hours of like pure different beats each time. Like that was like rare back then too, I'm guessing. About five hours, five hours. Yo, fellas out that mob of like the ninth wonders and the ill minds and you know the Kanye West is back in the beginning. Like that's the era he's from the of the production. You know what I mean? So he's very intricate with the production, but he's he into it like a mad scientist. Okay. Now, um, I understand, like, you and your brother and um, Fell Sweet, but you're uh, third platoon. Now, have you guys ever did, like, a rap or, like, a Snuck the Crook solo project before? That's actually coming this year, so stay tuned. It's called The Thieves Code. I'm glad you asked me that. That's the next thing coming from Dirt Platoon. It will be the Snuck the Crook solo album. It's called Entitled Thieves Code. Okay. See, and, well, the reason why I asked that question is, too, because, like, I bet you, like, that was always, like, the plan from, like, the beginning, too, is, like, putting on Dirtplatoon and then scratched out to your solo album, too, and then still being Dirtplatoon at the end of the day. Yeah, that's the plan, because individually, I gotta know what's individu individually, too, you know what I mean? So, um, he get to speak his mind this time, so the world ahead, Snook speak his mind 2020. Now, uh, they say that 
people put a lot of thought of personal, like a lot of personal experience within their solo debuts. Now, you can handle your debut like a certain type of way. It could be a concept style. It could be a life story. I was curious on like the way that you're approaching your debut uh, solo album. Well, I actually had two solo albums. The first solo album I dropped in 2014, that's called Get the Fuck Out of My Yard. And I dropped the second solo album, which is called For Everything That Means Something, in 2018. Okay. Oh, so this solo thing is nothing new to you guys. Okay. Nah, nah, Raph Almighty. Nah, not me. You know what I'm saying? I've released two solo albums. Um, I think the way Cook going to approach his is a little bit of both. Conceptual mixed with his life. You understand what I'm saying? I think that's dirt between albums anyway. You know what I'm saying? We always give you something that we've been through. Yeah. Hip-hop mixed with, you know what I'm saying, a little bit of everything. So we always just add, we, we use season all. You know what I mean? We give you a little bit of everything. Uh, and also, too, like, you guys keep it very Baltimore-related, too, because I can see the affiliation with Ill Collectors and Guy Graham. Mm-hmm. That's family. Okay, did you guys meet them early on too, like a Jay Royale too? Yeah, I mean, well, like I told you, our city not too big, so if you're doing good music and, and quality hip hop, usually we run into the same, we run out the same circles, so or we'll run out the same uh, studios, or we be at the same thing, or you know, we gonna bump heads sometimes. So I think we bump, bump heads with we bump heads with God Grams maybe in '06. 2006 or 8 and I think we met they were around the same time so I'm going to say we knew them from around the 2006 time wow okay so you guys know these guys for a while it wasn't somebody that you met in like 2018 it's like okay we're going to do music with you you guys have history with you nah 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 that's how, not, that's not how we do business you know we have, we have a lot of music friends that we know in the industry but you're not my friend you know what I mean? These guys are my friends other than music. You know, it just so happens that they do good music like we do. Well, yeah, too. And I always tell people, too, in order to have good chemistry or somebody on, on music, you have to have a personal relationship with them outside of the music. Absolutely. I agree. Okay. Now, um, I I see that like you have like the God Guilty Simpson on yourself, and like Detroit hip hop has a very special place on their show. Like the very first time you and your brother ever heard Detroit hip hop, I was curious about that. The first Detroit MC I ever heard, I think, was MC Three, if I'm not mistaken. Damn, yeah, that's Flint. Um, then from MC3, we was fucking with Slum Village, because like I told you, Charles Sweetenberg always was out of that mob, of the, they used to do these things called B-Society, and it used to be Knife Wonder, and Jay Dilla, and Fel Sweetenberg, and Kanye West, and Ill Mind, and Crisis, and you know, we got to hear some of these guys' beats early on, so I know about Detroit Hip Hop a long time. Wow. So to get a guilty, to get a guilty Simpson, I'm I'm a big fan of like we're big fans of rugged, grainy, raw hip hop. So he came to do a show here in Baltimore. Um, we was getting smoked out in the, in the green room, treating verses, um, changed exchange numbers, um, decided to do a track, and there you have it. Do it. Damn, and it must be like kind of surreal for you guys too like because you guys must have heard of Guilty early early on too because you like you said you got to feel like Jay Taylor Crisis Beats early on now like 
Jay Derrick passed on and is considered like, you know, like a, like the most talked about guy from Detroit. And then you have Crisis who making moves under Rock Nation or Felza. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we do, They we got Dilla Day, you know, everywhere in Dilla Day, they had Dilla Day shows, so I think they've been doing their hair and B-more for like 10 years, so anytime they have Dilla Day, we always perform, so we know Mom Dukes, and um, Detroit MC is always coming through B-more and showing love, Dilla, Dilla is very respected here, Detroit hip-hop is very respected in our city, hip-hop in general. Yes, yeah, sir. Like the real, like real hip hop, like Rad Max, or like you yeah. know, like by Smith and Wesson, like the real lyrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just did KRS One show on Saturday. You know what I mean? So, like real hip hop, always swinging through Baltimore. Man. That damn, that's the teacher right there. Yeah, the teacher, the teacher. That was the first time I got to see him ever in my life. So to come on before him, to perform before him, to grace the stage before he stepped on there, then to see him just tear it down for two hours by himself. Come on, man. And it's also to like be like performing and again to watch. That's even a bonus game to see. It's like, yeah, we were just on there. Yeah, I love this game. <laughs> As you share it, but then you can also tell a friend you guys' lyrics too. Like, you guys have passion within it, like tracks like Bittersweet. Absolutely. That was something like saying, um, I'm a fan of soul music. You know, I grew up off of, we grew up off of soul music and blues music. And what you don't hear. Um, and, and our underground hip hop is somebody just getting busy over a soulful track. Yeah. Not, you know, not getting, not, not, not getting soulful on a soulful track, really spitting hard lyrics over a soulful track and letting the track sing to you. And since we don't see that and we seen that was missing in the game, we decided to do that and see what happened. So, I heard this like more than five times like in conversations too. There's an underground renaissance going on right now too. When you see like people like Eminem or like uh, Jay-Z embrace people from the underground, like like people like who started from the bottom, like what kind of motivation does that give you and your brother as artists? Um, I think you said the word just in the, in the first in the first thing is passion. Um, so I feel like as long as we keep the passion and keep it authentic and, you know, keep it moving, we'll get recognized next. So, you know, that just give us hope. That's all it is. Yeah, well, it also gives people, too, like, to show, like, you don't have to sound a certain way. If you just stay true and love what you do, there's great, great things can happen. Well, that's, that was always hip-hop to me. You know what I'm saying? Um, everybody got to be creative. You got to carve out your own lane. You have to sound like you. You can't sound like somebody else. You know, I come. we come from the, the land of no biting. You know, when we was doing hip-hop, you couldn't bite. You couldn't sound alike. You couldn't steal. So we just, yeah, yeah, we keep, we keep it authentic. We just follow those those culture rules and... Stay dark like what Ray, like what Rayquan used to say on uh, it was Ray or Ghost. I forget, I can't remember which one on Cuban. He's like, I don't want nobody sounding like me on no album. That was Ghost. Yes, sir. That was um, Ghost. So, I mean, they were exactly, talking yeah, about I'm, Big too. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know I'm from that era. Oh yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just letting the <laughs> listeners know that, just, you know, because there's some listeners that was born in the year 1999. Yeah, true, true, yeah, for, oh, for so those who don't know, yeah, he was talking about Biggie Smalls. Yes, sir, and if you're listening to this show, you should be in tune with Nadia Sepp, if not, you get some lessons today. 
Yeah, something. <laughs> if, if they listening to you, they gotta be down. If they check us a dirt or two, they absolutely gotta be down with this shit. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, well, there's been a lot of times too when people tell me like, "Yo, you put me on to Edo or like a Rusty Jukes." I'm like, really? Well, you know, you know what? Right now is the best time in the game because you got this computer shit and everybody's searching for shit. Oh. And uh, one thing you stumble upon another thing, and then you stumble upon another thing, and then you stumble. You know what I mean? So right now it's good that people just get and finding out about Eto and Rusty Jokes and Dirt Platoon and Ill Conscious and you know what I mean. Even going back to the cellar dwellers, people just finding out about shit like that. So I mean, I, I'm I'm happy about this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I love this game. It's like a sports. As long as you stay competitive and keep putting out good music and just staying in the ranks, somebody gonna stumble upon you every day new. Because you're from the era, of, as I am too. Like there's no, there was no social media, no internet. When when did it take you and your brother to embrace like social media? I think around the MySpace days. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, we bumped into a, a chick who wanted to be our publicist. We didn't really know what a publicist was, but what she really did for us was introduce us to the internet. So she put us on like MySpace and all of these double XL.coms and start getting our music into the web. And then it took off from there. We, we, we learned the game and just start going from there. MySpace now, like I, I heard MySpace was like the first actually like something like Instagram, and then Twitter came out, and then Instagram. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like all that in one, and then we can see that somebody from, um, we was happy if somebody from Kansas knew about us and said, "Damn, I like your music," or "Yo, I'm from Michigan, I like your music." And then once we start, you know, YouTube came out. And, we put out a video and we start getting reading the comments and seeing dudes was from fucking Switzerland and Norway and Hungary and shit like that. You know what I mean? Then, bam, that shit just took the fuck off. <laughs> now, um, I noticed too that uh, you guys have um, uh, many, well, like a street album with Ill Conscious and Guy Grabs called Paramore. Why the name Paramore? Um, that was actually a mix between the two cities of Paris and Baltimore. Oh, what we did, okay. Yeah, what we did in 2018, we did a self-financed tour, strictly toured around Paris, Durkatoon, Ill Conscious, and Guy Grands. And everywhere we went, we met different producers, so we just grabbed up beats from all of them, came back to be more, just put, a, put together a little compilation. And with the compilation, we just take the documentary so everything that we did over there we just kept the camera rolling so we put a documentary out with the paramour to be the soundtrack to and i like how you said that you guys kept the camera rolling for a mini documentary while touring out in paris i really wish that artists would blog their tours a lot more and then release like a mini soundtrack along with that like how you guys did because it gives more fans like more information outside of their music to see how the tour went or how like the stage was well we like i told you first of all we fans too so being a fan of the music you can kind of understand what a fan want to see so we knew that that if we if we took the fans on tour with us then that would make them want to listen to the music Mm. And so, who was like that CD DVD that did that for you? Say that again. Who was like who released that CD DVD that made you like 
get inspired by something like that too because you said well fans of the music first well like shit my streets is watching and um like out about it i really wasn't a big master p fan of his music but i will always respect his hustle like to bring out like fucking five albums every monday (laughs) you know what i'm saying and so like i I just watched the way you know you can do it yourself and we got our hands on the camera because we doing everything ourselves. We're not asking people to do the shit for us. So nobody ain't coming to us dropping bags of money in our fucking lap. So we got to do what hands on and get our hands dirty. So we had a camera. We just turned that motherfucker on. And every hotel room we slept in, riding the train, every studio we was in, every session, every stage performance, going to get some fucking pizza, showing you the different foods. Um, you know, but I, don't, I think we only took maybe like one day off to take you to see like the sites. So that's basically what it was, the life and the life of the on tour with us. Now, was that the first time you ever been overseas for a musically tour? Nah, not the Paris. I've, I've been to Paris. That was my fourth time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. We actually did a deal with a, with a Paris label, Baby Fishings, in 2011. We released uh, an EP called Start Your Bids. I did a, my first solo album, Get the Fuck Out My Yard, with them. We did another um, album with them, a Dirt Between album called Bare Face Robbery. And we did mad features just on all their artists, you know, music that they brought out. When you did that uh, Bare Face uh, Robbery, was that uh, off a label called FSF? Yeah, Efficiency. That's what I was just telling you about. Okay, yeah, because they did something of camouflage monk. I remember seeing that name somewhere before. Yeah, yeah, they did some camouflage monk shit. Phil Sweetenberg got two albums out on that label. They got a lot of shit. They got a lot of shit. Shout out to Efficient. Shout out to DJ Brand. Shout out to DJ Lowstar. DJ Jazz. All them brothers over there. Alright, so you you guys have a overseas audience too. Like a lot of people would wish they could have too. Like, do you guys remember like the first international fans you guys ever got hit up by? Not the first one, but I can kind of like remember the countries. Like, like I said, like Norway and Kuwait, and Paris, and shit like that. We we from Baltimore, yo. You don't you don't think about talking to nobody from over there or even doing business with nobody from over there or, or even touching on your feet on that ground over there. You understand what I'm saying? So, um, I'm going to say those three cities that are like the first ones I can remember saying, what the fuck? Yeah, because that's like the least that you expect too. It's like, this is overseas. Like, this is international. Yeah, yeah. And then imagine like them saying, hey, we want to give you some money. <laughs> I, 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 at first, I would be like, "All right, we gotta like, I gotta come there first before we discuss anything." Yeah, well, you know how that shit go. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you guys actually having like a great career of heading you with the underground renaissance being at an all time high. Have you ever looked on eBay or like Discogs for some of your old vinyl or CDs going just to see what they were going for? Yeah, like a friend of mine did that. I think we got like a, we did an album called Warface with with Kyle Watachi. I think we did that in 12, maybe, maybe 13. And I think they selling that double CD for like $70 or some shit like that. Is that the one where you guys had like the remix CD on that one? Yeah, yeah. It might be like a hundred and something right now for a CD. Yeah, woo. 
You know what I'm saying? It might because it's the double CD. And what we did is it's ten joints, and then I think he got ten different producers to remix each track with the same vocals, right? With the same vocals, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But then he, they they draw us up like army men and shit. Like that shit is kind of creative. Wow, to see one of your albums go for like a hundred dollars on disc discogs or eBay, whoo. Yeah, yeah, we got vinyl that's going for for big money. That start your bids that we did with Efficients. I know that first vinyl was going for some crazy dollars. Um, I know if you can catch a raft, Almighty get the fuck out my yard vinyl. That's definitely going for a couple dollars. You know, what actually uh, fucked me up when I was doing my research on you guys too is uh, you guys have a song where fucking Lord have mercy, man. Yeah. <laughs> Most yo, when I bring that name up, yo, people don't even know. I was like, yo, flip mode, like he had some, so he had some joints on the DJ Scribble CD. Yeah, see, people sometimes people just forget the the era of hip hop. I remember when nothing, it was nothing else that we banged in our deck, but flip mode squad for like maybe seven months. <laughs> so you know what I mean? When we get the opportunity to get in the studio or get a track sent to us by. Lord have mercy, or Elder Sensei, or you you know just name it. You think we gonna turn that shit down and they respect the music? No. Oh yeah, too. Yeah, I don't blame you for not turning that down. You'll be a fool. You know what I'm saying? And then it's an honor. That shit is an honor. That's an honor, bro. Well, and then um, also too, like I always say too, like Lord have mercy. If he would have stayed with Flip Mode, he would have been the next big thing. Right. Right. Because he. I agree. Because, man, I still have that Rampage Scouts Blood of Honor, too. And I play that for most people. They're like, where is this? I'm like, dude, this was classic back in the 90s. Yeah, Wild well, for the Night, all that shit. <laughs> sometimes people <laughs> get yeah. the era. I think sometimes people slept through certain eras of hip-hop. And then they now they just waking up. You know what I'm saying? Because they, they tired of hearing the same old, same old. So now everybody wants searching dead. So right now, I'm finding Wild for the Night for somebody. And they never heard it. Oh, that's going to blow their mind. Yes. Or a flip mode album? Come on, man. That's going to blow their mind. Yeah. <laughs> have, you, have you listened? Have you even taken the opportunity to pop a flip mode album in a while and listen to it? Yeah, like that Imperial <laughs> album? Y'all need to go back and re-listen. I'm trying to tell you. That shit will probably fuck up your head. <laughs> have, you, have you bouncing all night? That's what I'm saying. Like, that's the type of music that DD try to make. You know what I mean? That, that classic, timeless you ain't gonna sleep on if you slept on this era and you listen to it in this era, yo, it's gonna take you back. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's the rules. Oh, and then also too, like like that era too. It just it just had a certain sound to it that like it can never be replicated. Too, it's just something about that '90s club sound and underground sound. Right, right. Um, okay, so, um, I understand, too, like, we're very heavy in the merch game nowadays, too. Now, Dirt Platoon being, like, a very standout name, have you guys ever done something like a, like, some kind of merch, like, some kind of, like, army man or, like, tank merch or something like that? No, we, we definitely don't do the tank. That's the first thing that people think about when they hear yeah. Dirt Platoon. They think of, like, tanks and shit like that. Nah, nah, it's, it's not that. Um, yeah, we always had merch. We had merch ever since we came in the game. So we always do about t-shirts and hoodies and sweatpants and bandanas and shit like that. So you can all go into www.dirtpatrini.com and just get any merch that you want. Find any of those CDs that we named on here. Anything that you're looking for, Dirt Patrini is on there, www.dirtpatrini.com. Okay, well, well, the reason why I asked that question is, too, is because, like, 
a lot of people are getting creative in this day and age too with the merch game too. Like I just seen um like the one in, like the one that I seen recently was the Sean Price figurine. I was like, Oh my god, that's fire right there. So, so that's why I figured I'd ask that question if you guys ever did something like unique with the Dirt Platoon merch. I'm thinking what we're gonna do. We're gonna do something real special. We're gonna have like a, a something with all the CDs that we made, and maybe all vinyl, and put it in something nice. Or you know, we definitely in the future you can look out for shit like that. But right now we just keeping it authentic, keeping it official. Hoodies, sweatshirts, t-shirts. You know, like I said, anything that you're looking for, CDs, vinyls, we had that for you. Okay. Now I have uh, two more questions for you, Raph, and I'll let you go too. Um, I'm going to start asking this question more because I'm actually starting to remember it more because it's been going back and forth for a while. Who's your favorite member of Hieroglyphics? If I got to say the, my favorite member, I don't think he was a member. I think he was like an unofficial member. Casual. I was, I was like, just yeah. going to say casual too. Yeah, oh yeah. He was, he was definitely like extended fam. Yeah, yeah. I was fucking with them. Like, yo, with Hieroglyphics, I think, what was I fucking with? What was I fucking with? I, I, I think I like their first two singles. The and, you know, and something else. Their, their first two singles. Not not, not saying nothing else, because we actually did a show with them before. Um, I just was like, um, that was the time when they had The Far Side and Souls of Mischief and Casual. And there was a lot of brothers coming out of that side, of, you know, at that time when they came out. So it was like, I kind of listened to a little bit of everybody, but I really didn't dig too deep in a hieroglyphic catalog. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, just uh, still the fact that you know who Casual is lets you know that, you know, you know who they are because... Oh, for sure. I'm a hip-hop head. I'm a fiend, <laughs> bro. <laughs> I was a fan. Well, that's, that's why, like I said, I'm going to start asking this question a lot more because I really want to know, like, how far do people dig deep? But, but. And you should, and you should, because some people play with this, and this ain't nothing to play with. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you love hip hop, you should know hip hop. You should know the hip hop questions. I like how you say that too. Like, this is nothing to play with too, because when people like, because like, when I be in the streets sometimes too, and I mention like something like Duck Down, they're like, "Who's that?" Like, sometimes it gets me so mad, like I gotta walk away. It's like, how the fuck do you guys don't know Duck Down? Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't play with this shit. You know what I mean? Either I like it or I don't. You know, I'm a real, I'm real critical with my hip hop. So, sure. yeah, that's sure. Um, well, this is a question I ask all my guests, and um, the reason why I ask this question is too, no individual can ever answer this question the same, and maybe there could be some the Dirt Platoon fans who hear like that little bit of motivational from you, and then just get inspired to do something too, so with, with that being said, do you have any words for somebody in a dark place trying to see the light? Do I have any words for what? Say that we'll keep the last two words. Uh, for somebody in Doug trying to see the light. Doug that was trying to see the light. Yes. Do I have any words for them? I always say, like, the same people you see when you reach the top are the same people you're going to see when you're going down to the bottom. So as long as you keep it real with yourself and you believe in some kind of higher power, you're never going to be in the dark. You're always going to be in the light. You understand what I'm saying? So, so for those people that's down and out, if you breathing, you woke up today, and you listening to this radio show, it can never be dark. It can never be dreary. You understand? So, like, I, I don't believe in that. Because, I don't believe in that. Because there's so many beautiful souls, beautiful souls that never got that chance. Right? 
Absolutely. And those and those ones, you know, if they did have the opportunity to get a replay, believe me, they would. Yeah. And they wouldn't be sad or they wouldn't be down because the motherfuckers get to breathe. As long as you get to breathe, go upstairs, take a shit, brush your teeth, drink some water, get some pussy, you know what I mean? Drink a beer, watch a football game, you're blessed. Exactly. Because there's a lot of people that ain't get that chance. Yeah, there's a lot of motherfuckers out here struggling, brother. Come come take a take a, a journey through my city and, and ask brothers about being down. Oh yeah, trust me. Baltimore, like it had its fair shares of ups and downs. Absolutely, bro. Ain't nobody trying to be down, everybody trying to win. Ain't just, nobody trying to be in the dark unless you got to. Now if you gotta be in the dark, I hope you got a gun. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right, it's all about uplifting and giving people hope at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all about that. We all about happiness, yo. No negative energy over here, man. If you negative, man, you check that shit at the door. Take your shoes off. Check the negative energy at the door. You can pick that shit up when you leave and go home. Don't bring that here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, well, Laugh Almighty, too, this is actually a dope conversation, too. Is there actually that you like the listeners like to know before I let you go? Oh, man, yo, anything that y'all need from Dirt Platoon, hit up Dirt Platoon, www.dirtplatoon.com. Follow us on any social media or website. You can find us. If you see us in the street, holler at me. We got the CDs. We got the shirts, man. We got whatever you need. Thank you to everybody that buy our music, purchase our music, and listen to our music. We appreciate you, and I appreciate you too, bro. Anytime, I got like to say, when you and your brother, well, I got a new project coming out, y'all want to promote it, just let me know in the DMs, and I got you. Always, bro, and I'm sorry that it took this long to, to touch bases with you. We just had a lot going on, bro. Oh, I understand, my G. Everyone has their own individual lives, too, and I'm more than understanding. We appreciate you, bro. Peace. Peace, my guy.